0: Hi, everyone. I'm Pastor Jack, and this is Yeah Think. Well, it's a, another Saturday morning. I'm sitting at my desk uh, in my office at the church, and I just made my crazy drive here, and I say crazy drive is I am a fast driver. I'm a good driver. I drove everything from... Uh, track the trailers to airplanes but uh, I'm tired of driving I'm tired of all the crazy people that are out there that puts my life in danger and believe me if you've never driven in the Philippines you don't know what I'm talking about not even New York City compares to this these are out and out lunatics trying to kill me or at least maybe they don't know what they're doing maybe they just do this naturally but it's a tough ride, and uh, I come here and I'm a little bit exhausted from that. My daughter's brought me up my coffee and uh, I'm ready to talk about uh what kind of pastor am i uh, people hear my my uh my podcast, and they say this guy's a lunatic, or uh, some of you may be agreeing with what I say, and that's even that's that's okay you know when when Noah was told to build an ark. I'm sure that really surprised him. If you ever heard Bill Cosby do that, it's uh, it's hysterical, and it, it shows you the reaction, uh, what kind of reaction a man might have if God had told him, I want you to build an ark. And, uh, and it goes on to say, what's an ark, and you know, all this stuff. Uh, and uh, but that's not how it went. God told Noah to build an ark, and he built an ark. And and he understood right away what God meant, because God put it in his, his heart. Yet I'm sure all the people, all the neighbors, all the people that were around him thought he was a lunatic. I mean, there was no water, and he's building this giant ship. And I mean, it was giant. And... Uh, and now he's going to put every animal on the face of the earth and, you know, by twos and by sevens uh, onto this ark. And I'm sure they all thought he was nuts. And you think there was any religious people at that time? Well, we know Noah had a relationship with God. But any other religious person on that, uh, in that world at that time had to be wrong, had to be doing it wrong. And so you see, there's a guy, this Noah, who's doing everything according to God's will. And the whole world is saying, no, you're wrong. You shouldn't do that. And the truth is, you have to do what God tells you to do in life. You know, when I was first coming here, they told me, you have to raise $4,000 a month to live in there, live there. And, of course, uh, we started raising money. We came up with about 750 And someone had said, don't make a date. Uh, don't make a dollar. Make a date. And so we did that. So we, had, we thought we had $750 a month. When we came here, uh, there was a few liars that didn't give us money. And so we had $550 a month to live on, to run a church and everything else. But you know what? There was no problem because God told us to do it. Now, man told us to get 4,000. And I'll tell you the actual God's honest truth. If we would have had 4,000 a month, we would have lived like kings. We might have forgotten what, it was, uh, what we were supposed to do. We might have had less focus on the ministry because we had all the creature comforts. But we didn't. We didn't live like kings, and we went out, and we served God, and we did what we were supposed to do. And of course, there's plenty of people that, uh, oh, they had everything to say. Well, I went on a mission field when I was in my 50s, all right? And uh, that's when God called me. He didn't call me when I was in my 20s. He called me when I was in my 50s. And so people said, oh, he's too old to go on the mission field. Well, I've been here 14 years. Even if I died today, I had 14 years here. That's that's not enough time to do the work of God? So you see, in life, you can listen to counselors. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, the Bible says. But make sure your heart is in sync. You know what I mean? In sync? That it's the same as these counselors, and make sure that God has confirmed what you're doing, and God always confirms what he wants you to do. Some people would look at my church, and kind of my church, not on a Sunday because all the ladies wear dresses now, but uh, uh, during an evening service, and They might come to the church and and see somebody in slacks or something like that and say, oh my goodness, look at that. What kind of Baptist is that? You know what else we do here a lot? We laugh a lot. We laugh a lot. No, we're not one of these Pentecostal weirdo movements that uh, laughs in the spirit, so to speak. But we enjoy each other's company. We love each other. We have fun together. We kid with each other. What else do we do? We worship God a lot. We sing songs to him. We sing praise to him. Who's that? Somebody just went by. Did you hear that, folks? They're not coming to get me, I hope. And so we, we worship together. Sometimes we'll have a Bible study. And I'll say a few words, and everybody will recognize those words from the Bible as a song. And everybody starts singing a song. You would think we were crazy. Absolutely you'd come in and say, why why do they start singing a song? But we're with the Spirit. We're in the Spirit. Okay? We're not a Pentecostal Spirit. We're a God Spirit. And God gives us the desire to sing. and, And it's happening with all of them at once. Not just one of them. And so if he gives us the desire to sing, we sing. And he gives us the desire to praise, we praise. And he gives us the desire to study the Bible, we study the Bible. And... We're, we're a, a fun church that way. Another thing is we have rules in our church. See, you may have rules of uh, no adultery, no murder. and no, these, these, are, these are unconditionally uh, standard laws. We don't even have to publish that. You fool around with that, you're out. But we have rules like you don't come to church late. Oh. Now, I know, I know in America, people walk into the church anytime they feel like walking in. To me, that's a disgrace. That's a dishonor. It's a dishonor to the people in the church. It's a a dishonor to the pastor. And it's a big dishonor to God. If you're going to worship God, you need to get there early, not late. One, one football coach uh, said about his team, if my team isn't on the field starting to practice 15 minutes before the practice begins, they're later ready. Oh, that's something to think about. In other words, if, if you're having church and it starts at 9 o'clock, why would you come at 9 o'clock? Isn't there a preparation? Get yourself in the spirit and uh, talk to each other. Get to, get your talking out of here before you, you start church. All right? So we have a rule. If you're a member of this church, you have to be here at least 15 minutes before we start. It's not too hard. And you know what happens if you're not? Well, it's a big punishment. We make you wash one of the cars. We have three cars here. Not too many people have cars. But we have three cars here, and if you're late, you get to wash your car. And you know what? They laugh, they wash the car, they're happy, they're joyful, and they try not to be late again because they don't want to wash your car. But when they do wash the car, it's not a painful experience. And some they might say, how could you make a rule that you wash your car if you're late? But well, what do you do when they're late? What do you do when they're late? You know, you have teams, you, you have uh, football, baseball, soccer, basketball, and all those teams have rules. And you sit around and you act like the church should have no rules. The church should have more rules than these teams. We're fighting a fight. We're going out in the mission field. We're trying to win souls for Jesus. And you don't do that lackadaisically. You do that with discipline and rigor. If you don't show up for church, we want to know why. We want a phone call from you.
1: We want to hear.
0: I'm sick today, Pastor. Okay, all right, stay home. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next week. That's fine. But we want to know where you are because if we don't hear from you, we think somebody kidnapped you or you went off the cliff
1: or anything. All right, we're family,
0: you know. In my house, if my wife is going to the store, she she makes sure she finds me in the house, and she tells me, "Honey, I'm going to the store. I'll be back in a little while." Okay, honey. And then if I'm going someplace, I say the same thing to her or the kids, the same thing to us. Why? Because we love each other. We care about where each other is. We don't want to have to worry about each other. We know if, if my wife says she's going to the store, she'll be back in a little while, and an hour's gone by, I'm going to start to worry. I'm going to get her on the cell phone. What's going on there? And if I can't get her on the cell phone, I'm going out. Because that's what we do. We worry about each other. And in church, we worry about each other also. Our Bible studies consist of uh, my reading a, a paragraph from the Bible, and calling on somebody to explain it. And if they can't explain it, of course, I'll go over it with them. All right? But we go through each member of the church and we let them explain a paragraph of the Bible. Because when they do that, they're thinking, these pastors that sit up there, and and I don't don't condemn them. If it works, it works. But sit up there and give a great fiery speech, a great, a great, uh, whatever you call it, Uh, with this uh, Bible study. And uh, everybody's just listening. And then we got to figure out who's sleeping, who's sleeping with their eyes closed, and who's sleeping with their eyes open. And uh, and the words go in. Uh, Even when they're awake, the words go in, and it comes out both their ears so they don't stay in your brain. In order to learn, you need to be provoked to learn. You need to be stimulated to learn and the best way to do that is to make them respond make each one in the class feel like they better be on their toes because the pastor may call on them to respond what would I say if he asked me about this verse and so they're all thinking about the verses and it's going into their brains and they're thinking I have to admit I have one of the best educated Uh, Churches that I know of, these people are really sharp. And it's because of their hard work and their perseverance. All right? Not because they sit around and and do anything. The only time they sit is when uh, they hear a sermon on Sunday. And how I do the sermon on Sunday is Saturday. I sit at my desk and I say, Lord, what do you want me to write? Sometimes I have to wait. And other times it comes right away, and I start writing. And when I'm done writing, the sermon's over. I don't spend hours developing a sermon. You know why? It's boring. People uh, spend hours to develop a sermon. Let me use these big, flowery words so I can really capture their their attention and their allegiance. They're going to think that I'm the greatest pastor. I'm not the greatest pastor. I'm just a tool of God. I just tell them what God tells me. Isn't that what the sermon is supposed to be? You giving the message to them. What message? God's message, not your message. If I gotta sit there and figure out what I'm gonna say, then I'm not giving them God's message, I'm giving them my message. And that's not the way how we do it here. You know what? We have a church that everyone gets along here And everyone uh, helps each other here. You hear about churches in the States all the time falling apart. And then I mentioned, well, you know, you need to discipline your youth. That's number one. Oh, we can't do that. They'll leave. Well, let them leave. One thing I found out a long time ago is this is not my church. This is God's church. And everything I do depends on God. And if you don't want to obey the rules, out, go. And if the whole church goes out, go, God will give me another church. Didn't he say that to Moses? He said to Moses, "Stand back, let me kill them off. I'll build you up another group." And Moses begged for their uh, begged mercy for them, because he loved his his people. All right? And so God is not interested in keeping people that don't want to serve him or do his will. God wants people who love him and serve him. And that's the way it should be in your church. And if you're not doing something for the Lord, and don't tell me, oh, I go to church, or I go to Bible study, that's not doing something for the Lord. That's doing something for you. You should be out there door knocking, or witnessing, or or, or feeding the homeless, uh, uh, whatever. Do something that brings the gospel of salvation to people who don't have it. That's your job. And that's what you need to do. When I was much younger, I used to go to church and I was bored, senseless. I, I couldn't wait to get out of there. I was so tired. I was yawning. I was falling asleep. And it was uh, like a ritual. If you're in church today and you are not excited about the, the study that you're hearing or the sermon that you're hearing, or the work that you're doing there you're in the wrong church because god's place is a happy place and we have to remember that and too many people make it into a ritual something that they do and they get it done and they get it over with and move on to the next week and that's just not the way it's supposed to be how was your church i'd like to know i'd like to hear from you You uh, email me at 7101 at USA.net That's 7101 at USA.net And tell me, what kind of church are you in? Is it a good church? Are you happy there? What kind of things do you do? And uh, I'd be very interested in knowing. And in the meantime may God bless you and keep you make Him to shine His face upon you. Let Him do all good things unto you as you would be willing to do unto others. Let your peace be without measure and your love go on forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.